Good morning, everybody. It's great to see you all this morning. Got a couple of um, really corny jokes to start the service off with. These are dad jokes, okay? Is there any fathers in the room? You can use these later. Everyone can use them. My name's Neil, by the way. I'm the pastor here. Here's the jokes. What do dentists call their x-rays? Toothpicks. Did you hear about the first restaurant that opened up on the moon? It had great food, but no atmosphere. What do you call a nosy pepper? Or, or sorry, what does what what does a nosy pepper do? Gets jalapeno business. Jalapeno business. Take these home with you. Okay. When does a joke become a dad joke? When it becomes a parent. A parent. Last one. Is anybody excited about Thanksgiving? Yeah. All right. A couple of you. This is something that you can share at the Thanksgiving dinner table. Why did the turkey get excused from the table? Because of its foul language. Foul. F O W L. That was foul. <laughs> well, today I'm going to be talking about the wonders of God, a miracle working God, a God that can work out wonders. And um, so I wanted to start with a story. I, I tend to hang out at the, the YMCA's a lot. And one of the main reasons is, is because it's a great opportunity for God to work wonders and to pray with people. Uh, about a year ago, I was playing basketball with a guy, and he came down on someone's foot, and you could hear everything. In, you, have you been there before? Were you hearing all the snapping and cracking? And uh, so we carried him off the court, and then somebody else jumped in the game because that's what you do, and you just keep going on with life. And so he's sitting on the side of the court, and I kept walking past him thinking, I should, probably, I should pray for him. And uh, so finally you know, built up enough courage to say, hey, man, like, so what's going on? And he's like, oh, I sprained my foot. My ankle is pretty messed up. And I said, you mind if I pray for you right now? And he's, he's like, sure. You know, I don't know if you've had that experience, but so yeah, sure. And um, so I just prayed for him, just prayed for Jesus to heal his foot. And uh, he, um, I said, well, what I'd like for you to do is go ahead and stand up and, like, walk around, see if anything's better. And he starts walking around, and he's looking at me kind of weird. Is it better? Yeah, that's better. I got next game. <laughs> Give me a next game. And he was just excited about, like, his foot was healed. He didn't know really where to process that, where do you put that, except for I can jump into the very next game. And God healed his foot at the downtown YMCA. I mean, his ankle was completely healed. He played the next game. He wasn't 100%, but he was out there playing. He was, he was way better than he was sitting on the sideline in pain. 
Uh, I tell you that story because I've prayed for at least over 20 people at the Y. The Y is a great opportunity to pray for people. People are always getting hurt. So I've prayed for fingers, uh, wrists, backs. Backs a lot of times, think about it. You're working out, you know, Um, ankles, knees. Uh, I had, actually, this last Friday, I got to pray for somebody, his calf, something in here snapped. And like he, he, was, he was not able to even, you know, barely put any pressure on it. And I prayed for him. And nothing happened. Absolutely. I mean, he, he was like, thanks, Neil, for praying for me. And he walked away, <laughs> just limping away like, yeah, man, you're welcome. Um, it's always great when you pray for somebody and something happens. And then there's also opportunities that you just pray for people and, and nothing happens. They just feel loved. And so today, I want to talk about a miracle-working God. And I just want you to know that today's message is about God's wonders. It's about Him working miracles. And so I know that there's a lot of us in this room that maybe operate in this. You've, you've prayed for people, you've laid hands on them, and they've actually recovered. I, I'm aware that there's people in this room who have done that for sure. There's probably some of us in this room that, you know, maybe you've done that in the past and nothing happened, so you kind of just put it on a shelf okay, so God doesn't really use me that way. That, that's not really, you know, how God wants to use me. And that's really uncomfortable. And I don't know where to put that when it doesn't, you know, the prayer that you wanted to pray for somebody, it doesn't happen that way. And I'm sure there's some of you in this room that are thinking like, Neil, you're very weird. Like I would never do that at, at a gym or at a grocery store or in a parking lot. I would never ask somebody if I could pray for them. Like that's that's really uncomfortable. And I just want you to know that this message isn't about you. So it's okay. This message is about God working wonders. And so you can take it or leave it and just decide on your own. If you want, you want the Lord to try to use you in this opportunity in these ways, great. If you're like, thanks a lot, Neil, for 30 minutes of my life um, that I wish I could have back. I'm sorry. <laughs> but God... God definitely wants to use us in ways, and so uh, we're going to look at a passage in the Bible of how the Lord uses people, or normal, everyday people like us, to perform signs and wonders and miracles. So a couple of the questions that I'm hoping that this message answers is, who can pray for miracles? The who's. Who can pray for these things? And then how do you pray? How, how am I supposed to do this? You know, not everybody has an hour and a half to set aside in their life to sit down and go pray with somebody, right? And so, like, how do you do that? And then the last one is, is when should you pray? When's a good opportunity? So we're going to be looking at Acts 14, 1. If you guys have a Bible, um, that's the passage that we're going to be looking at today, Acts 14, 1. And as we jump into this, I'm going to go ahead and pray. And uh, just invite the Lord to just really speak to us clearly. All these uh, scriptures will be up here on the screen too if you don't have a Bible. Lord, we just thank you so much for the plans that you have for us this morning. I just invite you, come Holy Spirit, to, to speak to your church. Would you speak directly through this, this word, God, and um, bring us closer to you. For every single person in this room, I pray that if there's any interference in our minds of this isn't for me or that's, that's something that um, 
that I could never do or operate in. Lord, I just pray that you would just hush that, any interference in that. And Lord, would you just open up our hearts and our minds to what it is that you want to say? Just choose to get out of your way, Jesus. Would you speak directly to your church? Every way. Amen. Acts 14. We've been going through the book of Acts for quite a while, um, and we'll be ending the year in Acts. Be really interesting to see what the book of Acts has to say about Christmas, but uh, that's what we're doing. And so, um, have you guys been enjoying what it looks like for the blueprint of the church, like how the church started and seeing that? Has anybody been enjoying that? Good. Cool. God's got so much more. Today's passage, this is really a three-part thing, a three-part series um, this, this week because today's passage in 14, it starts off pretty good, but it gets better and better and better. And so this is my plug for come back next week, okay? Acts 14.1. At Iconium, Paul and Barnabas went as usual to the Jewish synagogue There they spoke so effectively that a great number of Jews and Greeks believed. But the Jews who refused to believe stirred up the other Gentiles and poisoned their minds against the brothers. So Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord who confirmed their message of his grace by enabling them to perform signs and wonders. That's where we're going to be hanging out here today. Paul and Barnabas are going, they're speaking very bold things that would actually get them flogged, that would get them stoned. They're saying that Jesus Christ is the only, the only person that you need. You don't need the other things that the Jewish synagogue would actually be teaching. And so Paul and Barnabas are going and teaching that Jesus is the way to the Father, that he's the only way to the Father. And so what this would actually, this would cause people to an uproar. And so that's what's happening here. But Paul and Barnabas decide to stick in there, but God is confirming the gospel. God's confirming the words out of their mouth by them performing signs and wonders because signs and wonders take people places that words can't sometimes. You know, if you experience a miracle, you can't really, okay, well, I can piece this together and this and that. There's none of that. It's really hard to do that. It's just a miracle, right? And so God confirms their message of the gospel by helping them perform signs and wonders. The people of the city were divided, and some sided with the Jews and others with the apostles. There was a plot afoot among the Gentiles and the Jews together with their leaders to mistreat them and stone them. Talking about Paul and Barnabas, like, we're tired of them sharing this gospel. We're actually going to stone them. But they found out about it and fled to Lycania, cities of Lystria and Derbe, into the surrounding countries where they continued to preach the gospel. So when it came to words, Paul and Barnabas stuck in there, but when it came to their life and putting their life in danger because they wanted the gospel to keep going on, they had to flee for a little while. But when it came to people bashing them with words, they stuck around. That's tough, isn't it? Words hurt as much as threats. But Paul and Barnabas knew that's best for the gospel. We gotta keep moving forward. So this is where we're picking it up with Paul and Barnabas. This is um, where Paul actually performs, in Barnabas, they perform their first miracles. 
In the last chapter, we have chapter 13 where there was a sorcerer and Paul Barnabas actually came against the sorcerer and said, you're full of trickery and deceit. Talked about that last week. And, uh, and so what happened was um, Paul and Barnabas actually told the sorcerer, you're gonna be blind for a while. And so he actually like, that was a miracle to actually say that and like the person went blind. Like that happened in Acts 13. But now we have good wonders and good signs, like good miracles of people actually being healed. This is Paul and Barnabas. One thing that's uh, different about Paul in the beginning of the book of Acts, we started with Peter. You know, the, the whole book starts off with following Peter around. Peter came out of the gate swinging in miracles. He did. He just, you know, he, he spent three, three years with Jesus, and so he had the experience of watching Jesus perform miracles. And then when Peter's filled with the Holy Spirit, he comes out the door and, like, grabbing people that um, had been bedridden for years and just pulling them to their feet and raising dead people. Like, Peter did that stuff. But Paul's a very different, gifted person. Paul is a, an apostle. He's, he's constantly pushing forward. He's pushing the gospel forward. And so he has a different gifting than Peter. Peter was very gifted in healings and those types of things, where Paul is more of an apostle and moving things forward, actually looking for challenges, taking over a new city with the gospel. Which kind of brings me to my first observation of this passage is the, that um, with Paul having very different giftings, God can use anyone. You know, it's really hard to look at the beginning of Acts and you read the Bible and you read about the disciples. It's like, okay, well, uh, I see that they were able to do that. But Paul's a very different gifted person. And so it's not really in his wheelhouse, but yet alone, God uses him to perform signs and wonders to back up the gospel. And so who can God use to pray for people, to see wonders, to see miracles? God can use Anyone, anyone he wants, he can use us. People like you and me, God can use us to perform signs and wonders and miracles, to see healings. God can use us. Paul is being used in this passage because he said yes to God. The great part about who God can use is it's not up to us. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. So what that means is that you and I can pray for people and pray for miraculous things to happen because of the name of Jesus. It's not resting on us. And so you literally put Jesus's name in the prayer in Jesus's name ankle be healed. In Jesus' name, sickness be healed. It's in the name of Jesus. It's not in our power. It's not by our might. It's only by the Lord. And so we all get that, that comfort of knowing, oh, wow, this is about Jesus. It's about him. This is about him working through me. I can operate in this. So can you guys say, who, who can be used in, in performing signs and wonders, say anyone. 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 Okay, can you say me? me? Can you say us? Us. Us. 
God can use anybody he wants. The other part of this is if he can use us when we take the opportunity to actually uh, at hand to pray for somebody, sometimes it takes a lot of prayer. Every person that I know that operates in wonders and signs and miracles and praying for the sick and seeing healing, has a, there's a common thread all the way across the board. They've prayed for 100 or so people and saw zero results. They've prayed for hundreds of people and saw zero results. That gets hard, doesn't it? I pray twice. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that was good. I'm like, I'll shelf that for a little while. They pray for hundreds of people. It's the person that founded the Vineyard Church, which is what we're a part of. We're part of the Vineyard Movement. is named John Wimber. And the Lord put it on his heart that the stuff in the book of Acts could actually be used in a church setting. And so he started praying for people, praying for people. He'd pray for really desperate situations and didn't see any results that he got to a point that he was sitting in his car frustrated with God and screaming at the top of his lungs at the Lord. I am just like, why are you making me look so foolish? He prayed for hundreds of people and saw zero results. And it was after that prayer with the Lord in his car that he saw his first person actually receive healing. It actually, so what this means is that it's praying without ceasing. You know, where, where you pray for something, and it's not a two-time thing, it's not a four-time thing, it's, it's a 10-time thing. At the Y, I've prayed for over 20 people, of, of, and, and I've seen like three people actually healed at the Y. I prayed for somebody's wrist that um, was, you know, in a lot of pain, he fell down and his wrist got pretty messed up. And I came over to him and I said, hey, man, can I pray for you? He says, yeah. And I just grabbed his wrist and I said, in Jesus' name, wrist be healed. And nothing happened. <laughs> but what he did say is priceless. He said, now I go to church and I know Jesus, but if you got it like that, <laughs> I want what that is. It's just praying without ceasing. You don't see the results, but you never know when a miracle's gonna happen. You never know when God's gonna use that prayer. So anyone can be used in this, even when it's uncomfortable, because guess what? It's always uncomfortable, isn't it? Most of the time, it's, it's uncomfortable. So even in our own comfort, even in our, okay, God, I guess I'm gonna do that. Can I pray for you? I mean, even in, <laughs> even in that, what's so cool about that is it, I grew up very different. Um, that's a weird story. But anyways, so there's all this pressure on me that I need to perform to a certain, certain standard that God would finally hear my prayer. And I'm here to tell you that if you have enough faith to pray, you can raise the dead. It's resting on Jesus' name, not on ours. So anyone can pray. You are all equipped. You all have the authority of Jesus Christ. It's in his name, guys. His name is powerful. His name moves mountains. All of us can pray. The second thing that I love to share is 
as we look at Paul and Barnabas, we see them going from town to town, to synagogue to synagogue, and you know, they're, they're doing that, and they're, they're teaching in the synagogue, then they pray for people. Does anybody like go town to town, synagogue to synagogue here today? No, we're like working from home and going from the bedroom to the living room to work, and you know, we're going to the grocery store, and we're picking up our groceries, and now we're just like telling, yeah, just put them in the trunk. And like, there's, we don't have a whole lot of interaction a lot of times. You know, we're on job sites. We're, we're at a workplace. And so to try to teach and pray the way that sometimes you read in the Bible, it's a little bit challenging. And so what we have is we have a five-step prayer model on how to pray, on how to pray. And so this is uh, five really simple steps. If you want to take out your phone, just take a quick picture of it so you can just remember this whenever it comes up. Would you throw that up on the screen? It's the five-step prayer model. So the first one is this, is, is the diagnosis. The diagnosis, and what that means is that you are asking what's the matter. And I just wanna, I wanna spend some time here because a lot of times in life, people around us are complaining about things. They're in pain, they're hurting, they're, they're dealing with loved ones that are in pain or sick. And a lot of times we're just off to the next thing. And so the diagnosis is so important. If you get anything out of today, stick with this. The diagnosis, what's going on? Oh, my, my foot's been like just in tons of pain. Oh, that stinks. So many people around us are really hurting. They're in our workplace. They're, they're at the mall. They're... they're you know, they're, they're in a lot of pain. And so as a church, out in the I would love to know. Listening is love in action. Like to truly listen. There's people, I remember in sales, I would work right next to them and they just talk so much. We all did. That you, you, sometimes you just forget that they could really be struggling with something. You think they got things together. A lot of times, a lot of people don't. And so as somebody starts to share something that's going on in their life, we listen. And then you point to step two is the condition. So what happened? Well, I tripped over a big rock on my way outside the door today, and now my foot hurts, you know? Okay. Yeah, I can't even, like, walk on it. It really hurts. So on a scale of one to ten, what would you say the pain would be? Uh, it's probably like a four or so. And so then after that, the condition, then you do the selection. If it's a guy, I love to, I'm just giving you like my story is, I love to actually put my hands on the problem area, which at the gym is a little weird. I mean, it is. Um, so if it's a guy, guy thing, I invite you, like, you can put your hand on, your sh on the shoulder, but if you're talking about a foot, like, oh, it's your right foot, would you mind if I pray for you? And just actually put your hand on the foot. But if it's a guy-girl thing, I don't do it. I just put my hand out like this. I'm gonna pray for you, okay? And so just trust the Lord in that. Um, it, I found a lot of safety, and there's a lot of trust in that with women, too. And so uh, the condition, the selection praying for it. Lord, we just pray for this foot to be healed in Jesus' name, that no more problems. And then you check in with them, the engagement. So how is it? Did you notice anything different with your foot? 
Um, on a scale of one to 10, you were a four. Would you say it's still a four? Is it a three? And they might answer it's a three. What I love to do in that part is pray for it again. Just do it again. Pray three times. After the third time, I found out that it's really weird. <laughs> People were like, will you leave me alone? I want to get out of here. <laughs> Yeah, it's, yeah, most of the time it's just a lie. We're good. <laughs> We're totally fine. Yes. So engagement and then the post prayer. What has the Lord brought up? So a foot's being healed. Let's say that the foot gets healed. A post prayer. Like, are you a part of a church? Do you know Jesus? Man, Jesus loves you so much. I'm not doing this to like show you something except for the love of Christ. That's all I'm here to do. Like, did you know Jesus loves you? There's a lot of wins in that category. And I will say this, there are as many wins with a healing as there are with just praying and not receiving a healing. People feel the love of God when you pray. Like, wow, this person like stopped their day, slowed down, and prayed for me. It, it, there's something special there, isn't there? And so this is a five-step prayer model. I invite you, you know, use it. If, like I said, if you get one thing out of today, start using our ears. The diagnosis of what's going on around us, our friends, people that we're around all the time, you know, like actually listening. So how are you doing? What is going on? You know the praying that. So that's how you can pray. And then the last one is this, uh, real quickly, is when do you pray? And I just want to encourage you, um, when you pray is right now, right in the moment. The, when the opportunity arises, you hear of somebody going through something or somebody in pain, pray there. And a really great statement and some good verbiage is, can I pray for you right now? You'll be surprised that when you start that sentence, people are like, <laughs> and then you go right now, like, oh. <laughs> you mean right now? Yeah. Yeah, in Walmart. Can I pray for you right now? Right now. Um, the Holy Spirit resides inside of us. God lives inside of us. And so he nudges us and he nudges our hearts. And there's a lot of those times where the Lord will nudge your heart into something. And it's the best to just do what he says then instead of like wait. I can't tell you how many times I've been at a park and God was nudging my heart to pray for somebody. And I leave and leave the nudge and just say like, okay, I don't know. I, I don't really feel comfortable doing that. Go to my car God won't leave me alone. Get out of my car and go back up. Yeah, uh, hey, I'm back. So <laughs> that, that stuff that was going on in your life. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's awkward. It's hard. You, you already have it right there. It's, it's, it's attainable. Just, just do it when the Lord nudges your heart. It's so much easier. And then we're talking, you know, the five-step prayer model, that's three minutes at the most. If you're spending more than three or four minutes in that, we're talking about like ankle be healed in Jesus' name. How's your ankle feeling? Oh, it's different. 
I mean, this is like really fast stuff. A lot of people don't have 25 minutes to sit down and talk and, you know, do all those things, especially when we're using this and applying it in everyday life. So when the Lord nudges your heart, just go for it. Just go for it. And if you don't, you didn't screw anything up. I need you to know that. You, you didn't make some big mistake. It, you get to do this. It's about Jesus being glorified. And so you get to operate in this, and God invites us to do that. But sometimes, you know, we don't. We walk away from it, and we beat ourselves up about it for a long time. And I just want to encourage you, you, you can't screw it up. God's not upset with you. When the Lord nudges your heart, just, just go for it and, you know, you're gonna know. So who can pray for people? Anyone, anyone. God loves to use everyday, ordinary people for his glory. Anyone can pray. How do you pray? You can apply the five-step prayer model. Start with just the diagnosis this week. Just making a really quick, I'm actually listening. Oh, man, start listening to people around us. How are they doing? Then apply this. Then lastly is, when do you pray? It's easiest to pray in the moment. Just go for it. Just try it. You can't screw it up. There's so much freedom in that, you know? And it's actually fun. Like, who are you going to highlight to me today, God, to pray for? Life becomes a little bit more exciting. It's an adventure. So I just want to encourage you guys and myself also. God wants to use people like you and me to perform signs and wonders. People that are looking for hope and get really stuck in the religious stuff, get really focused on the religious stuff. When there's a miracle, you really can't put it down the, the avenue of religion. It's just God is real. He's alive. He loves me. Wow, that's amazing. He wants to use us as a church. He wants to use us in our city. So a couple of the prayers that I'd love to just pray over us. Um, I did this first service too. I was like, man, well, we should uh, like pray for anybody that's sick or dealing with anything right now. And I really feel like I wanna just equip you. This stuff doesn't happen from a stage. It doesn't have to happen from a stage and you don't need a robe. You and I can actually, in our everyday normal life, we can be praying for people everywhere we go. And so, like, we are the church. We pray for people out in our, our life, out in a workplace, in the grocery store. We do this stuff. And so it's just, I just want to equip you and then uh, give you the power and the authority of Jesus Christ to just do this stuff because it's super fun. And so that's the, the, that's the plan today. But the one prayer that I did have is I feel like there's some people in the room that you've just been so bombarded with stressful situations or maybe um, you're wired to just kind of move on to the next thing at all times and our ears kind of get clogged up. 
And so like when people are around us and they're trying to share their life with us and, and we're just like focused on the next thing and we, we're not even hearing them, the Lord wants to unclog our ears. What he wants to do is take a Holy Spirit Q-tip and clean our ears out this morning that we can actually hear people, that we can actually focus on what they're saying and being able to hear what is the diagnosis, how is, how are they doing? And so if that's any of anyone in this room, I'm just gonna invite you during this prayer time to just receive uh, an ear cleaning from the Lord. And then lastly, the thing is this, is um, Jesus loves you. He loves you so much. Like, uh, all this stuff has come, it comes from the, the power of Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. The Bible says that he took on the cross, that his body was broken for us and his blood was shed for us, that we can have forgiveness of sins. And so there is nothing in our life that can keep us away from Jesus Christ. He loves you so much. He's paid the ultimate price so that he can have a beautiful relationship with you. It's not a thing of, oh, I get to go to heaven. It's actually a thing of, I get Jesus today in my normal everyday life every single day. That we have a relationship with God. It's also we get to go to heaven, but I'm telling you, having a relationship with the Lord on earth is priceless. He's our best friend. He's our savior. And so if you've never put your hope and trust in Jesus Christ, today's the day. Today's the day. Don't, don't leave without doing it. Just trust him. Just say, Jesus, I give you my heart. I surrender my life to you. Have it. And what he does is he actually fills you up with his love and his acceptance and his forgiveness. And you can have that today. It's a free gift that cost him everything. And so I just wanna invite, if there's anyone as we pray, if there's anyone that would like to do that, I'm just gonna give you an invite to raise your hand, and say, yep, that's me, I wanna, I wanna follow Jesus. And lastly, uh, as we close, the baptism tank is full today. There is water in that bad boy. So if there's any of you that have, haven't been baptized and you're like, you know what, I really have been this, this tug of being baptized. Like, uh, what baptism actually represents is it says buried with Christ and then raised with new life. So when you go under the water, you're, you're completely buried with Christ and you're raised to new life, a new life full of the Holy Spirit and full of forgiveness. And so if you wanna do that today, we've had people do it in cardigans and jeans. So I think that's, that's the max. Like, I mean, unless you wanna wear a coat, I think that's... <laughs> That's about as much, you know. So if that's you today, you can take your phone out and just go ahead and come up when I pray, and uh, we'll baptize you. You guys ready? Let's pray.